Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. We are back. 2022 is here and we are back. It is here. Hello. Yes. Hello. Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. In 2022, we're in the past. If you're listening to this <laughs> after it comes out, I was going to say we're in the future, but we're not. We're in the no, past. No, we're in the past. So I'm Tyler. And I'm Megan. I live in the past and Megan lives in the future, apparently. <laughs> um, we'll we're, meet somewhere in the present. Yes. We get together in the present to do Whiskey and Wonder and then disperse. Yes. I go to the future. He goes to the past. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, this is going to be a regular episode of Whiskey and Wonder. We are done. We hope you enjoyed our drunken shit show of a New Year's Eve, uh, um, New Year's special, not New Year's yeah. Eve. End of year special. Yep. End of year special. That was quite fun. We had a great time. It was a blast. I sadly do not remember a good chunk of it. Ooh, no bueno. <laughs> um, uh, I remember having a lot of fun. Um, yeah. That was that was really fun. Shout out to friend John for joining yes. us. Thank you, friend John. It was um, a blast. We want to see you again. Absolutely. Uh, so please come back soon, and maybe we can do some kind of virtual thing once I figure out how to make my computer not die trying to do that. Um, so do you want to just jump into the announcements, or you I think am... we've effectively said what we do here? We whiskey and we wonder. There <laughs> uh, you go. Every week we review whiskey and we teach others something that has made us wonder. Okay, yep. move on. All right. We got a lot to do today. Not a lot of time. Yes. So it's that, you know, that first day coming back off the holiday break. That's tomorrow. And so I'm not looking forward to that 530 wake up call. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of announcements. Um, the store, if you go to whiskeyandwonder.com and click on the store tab, we still have whiskey glasses for sale. They have our logo that was hand-drawn by Megan. It is engraved in the glass. So if you'd like to purchase those, they're on the website. Um, We are down to one sticker. Nope. I'm sorry. I lied. There are two right here. Two stickers left. Unless you have any. Do you have any left? I don't know. Okay. Well, I have two stickers. We're going to say there's two left. Okay. We're going to call it two stickers. Um... I'm probably just going to take these off of the store since there's only two and they haven't moved and just go stick them somewhere. <laughs> Truth be told, we'll get stickers back at a later time. Um, but the main announcement that we want to get out there is that starting in 2022, we are going to have some changes to the way we release the podcast. Yes, we are. We done, are done. Uh, We're excited about this, and it's not going to leave anybody out by any stretch. Um, It just might change the day or when you listen to this podcast. Correct. So we, starting with this episode, we are going to release it um, very late Wednesday night, about the same time we do currently on Sundays. So basically, it'll be there for you Thursday morning when you're driving to work or get to work or whatever you do whenever you guys listen. I know several people that listen, you know, Monday mornings at work. If you would like to still get the podcasts on Monday morning, you can. Um, So we have a Patreon. It is patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. And we have a couple tiers going. If I can pull those up for a brief moment, Uh, there's a tier where you can donate uh, you can just donate and it's a buck or you can 
Oh, where where's it here? There it is. Uh, you can spend five dollars a month, and what that will get you is, um, early access to both the podcast and the video versions of the episode. And we're gonna add more to this, like AMAs and bonus content. Hopefully, Megan and I can get our schedule a little better, um, so that. Basically, we're free. Even if we're not in the same room, maybe we can stream or maybe we can get a Discord going where we, we do some AMAs or... Oh, I'm sorry for doing that in the microphone. <laughs> or we can do something mic. like that. Um, I felt it running out and I didn't want it to be on video. And I didn't want to like wipe my nose on the video even though I've done it a million times. <laughs> um, so, long story short, you can go to Patreon and you can donate a dollar a month just to donate to us and help us grow and we would appreciate that. 100%. Um, or you can donate $5 a month. And as of right now, that will get you all of the bonus content that will get you as of right now, that will get you access to the podcast and the YouTube video on Mondays. So if you still want access, unfortunately you will have to subscribe, um, to those that already do donate through PayPal. And I believe there are, uh, I believe that would include Papa Bill and his wife, um, your mother, Mama Leona. There's a few of them. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, but to, to you folks that are donating through PayPal, you are fine to continue. You don't need to go to Patreon. I So to make a long story short, part of the way we have to do this is through email addresses. So I've gotten the email address associated with your PayPal account and I'm 99.999% sure. And we're going to test this right after this episode. Um, I'm 99% sure that YouTube will email you access to the video and we will post the audio version to our Patreon page. Um, so anybody that's subscribed to Patreon can get it. If you're, I just realized there's a problem with that because not everybody may listen to it on YouTube. So maybe I can, maybe I can go in and edit away so that those of you that donate through PayPal can get the, just audio, just the audio version. I I will look into that and get back to you on that. I apologize for, maybe we should post this off one week just to troubleshoot that. We can do that. Yeah. So never mind. Everything this is going to start with next week's episode. Yes. So. Sorry. Because you guys actively... listening on Monday, enjoy because you need to be a Patreon. Patreon. Patron. Patron. Patreon. Why can't we say that? I don't know. You need to be a Patron too. <laughs> <laughs> um, now I do want to let people know. Uh, that we do have some other tiers created on Patreon that are not live yet. Uh, we will make those live when the time is right, and it'll support things like, um, you know, maybe maybe a piece of free merch with, you know, maybe if we could get stickers going and get like a new design every month or something. Uh, I know that might put a lot of pressure on you, Megan, since you made the design, but I can maybe help with that. Maybe you could get a sticker with that as well as, uh, you know, some other benefits. We'll, we're tossing those around. But for now, um, $5 a month will get you 
your episodes on Monday, starting on the next episode, episode 61. We're on 60. Holy shit, guys. That's more than 60. That's more than a year. And that doesn't even count the specials we've done. And we've done like three or four specials in there. So, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I never, never in a million years expected to be like on week 60. I don't, that sounds negative to say it, but it sounds awful. (laughs) Yeah. But I just, I was like, you look back and you're like, holy shit, I've done 60 of these. Like, you know, we just started it, started doing it. We didn't really have a, I want to say we didn't have a plan, but it, it was, we were flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. And looking back, it's like, damn, we flew a while by the seat of our pants. Yeah, we did. So it's a blast. I love it every Sunday. So absolutely. Same here. Um, Let's do 600 more. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Um, So I mentioned uh, earlier, you can, um, you can do some shopping on whiskeyandwonder.com if you want to get somebody a late Christmas gift, or I know my family has a ton of birthdays in January, so we've got the Whiskey and Wonder uh, tumblers, whiskey glasses there that you can get. Um, You can also find us on YouTube, youtube.com. Uh, the link will be in the description there. I don't think it's youtube.com slash whiskey and wonder. So I tried that and it didn't work one day. So I think it has to have like user in it or something, but Oh, uh, well just search whiskey and wonder on YouTube. Yeah, there you go. That's, that'll work. That's the easiest way to do it. Um, for those again that want to subscribe to our Patreon, that is patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. And you can see all the socials and everything in the bottom. Um, mainly, uh, Instagram, which I don't think we've been on his at whiskey podcast. Um, did you happen to take a picture of this for I did. Instagram? Nice. I did. 2022 turning over a new leaf. We're going to start posting again. We are. We're going to do, we're going to do better. Um, everything else is in the description. So check that out. Um, the other thing we want to say before we get too far into it is thank you guys for, Everybody that donated in 2021 and to those that have already donated in 2022 and will donate in 2020, 2022. That's hard to say. 2022. 2020, 2022, 22. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much. You make this happen and... You know? Yeah, you definitely make it possible. So we appreciate you guys so much. Uh, more than we could ever put into words. Um and thank you, everyone that um, leaves review and rates us on Apple Podcasts or subscribes um, on YouTube or likes or any just, of the. Yeah, you don't have to pay us to help us out. Just yeah, any kind of word of mouth or any sort of subscription like it helps with the algorithms online. It helps us to get seen more and grow our audience and grow. You know, ultimately, I, I hate saying this necessarily, but. The more we can, the more subscribers we get, the more people that, that see this, the more people that subscribe to the Patreon and the more we can grow this business and make it, make it more and more and more, you know, get more expensive whiskeys and upgrade the equipment and all that stuff. So unfortunately, dedicate more time. Yep. Unfortunately, money is, is a a necessary evil. Um, And so far, you know, we're an independent podcast. We don't have... Anybody doing this, anybody backing this, it's just Megan and I and and the people that donate. So um, we really appreciate everybody that does support us. So Yeah, for sure. Thank you, guys. And we're going to just go ahead and jump right in then.
the open segment. So I want to take this time before we jump too far into the oceans, uh, the ocean segment, the open segment. I just happened to read Jefferson's ocean here on my notepad and it, that basically it was my guesses of what things or my, no, it was what things were last week. And I think at the end, both John and I had three and you had gotten two, right? I do not know. I am 100% going to give myself a half a point because there was one, I don't remember if it was the Jefferson's ocean or the Buffalo trace, but I let John talk me out of it and I had it right, and he talked me out of it. So I'm giving myself a half point for that. Should have gone with your gut instinct. I should have. But anyway, to the open segment. What's been going on? All right. So I promised you guys that I would tell you last week, um, this week, what was going on in my life because I wanted last week to stay happy. Um, uh, we have a cat named Daenerys. Um, she is eight years old. She's pretty young for a cat. Um, her like jaw uh, swelled up on one side. And so we um, thought that she might have a tooth infection. So um, I got in with my wonderful vet um, who literally got us in the very next day because, you know, um, you, you don't play with infections. Um, And so very next morning um, I take her into the vet, uh, assuming that, Worst case scenario, she's going to have to get a couple teeth pulled. No big deal. Well, um, when Dr. Davis, my veterinarian, attempted to look into uh, Danny's mouth, the cat would not let her. Um, didn't matter how many vet techs or anything helped. Like, she was not letting anyone touch her mouth. And so I agreed to have her go under um, anesthesia so that they could do x-rays. And um, they took x-rays, and the x-rays showed something really horrible. Um, If you look at an x-ray, the bone is supposed to be solid. Um, Daenerys's jaw appears to be moth-eaten. Um, Mm. and that is a sign of osteosarcoma, which is a form of bone cancer. Um, and so our, uh, cat was uh, supposed to be worst case scenario. She'd get a couple teeth pulled and instead she ended up coming home with a cancer diagnosis. So that has been incredibly rough, uh, dealing with. Um, we have an appointment with an oncologist on, um, Thursday the 13th. So in a couple weeks, um, and we're going to see, like confirm that that is the correct diagnosis and see if there's anything we can do. Um, Houston and I have talked about it. Her quality of life is the most important thing. As long as she's happy, we're going to be happy. Um, and we've both agreed that we have seen too many humans in our life go through chemotherapy and seen it absolutely wreck them. Um, and if that is our only option, that is not something we are going to put the cat through. So I will keep you guys informed once I know more, but that is the horribleness that's been going on with my life. So I'm sorry to throw that heavy sadness on you, but I had to share it with you guys. So, yeah. Well, I, I'll admit I knew this um, just from 
you know, obviously Megan and I talk outside the podcast. Um, so my best wishes uh, to you, Houston and Daenerys and Navia. I'm sure she'll be affected by it as well. Oh yeah. Um, it's it. Shit. I dropped something. <laughs> it's, it's strange to think. Uh, let's see. I guess about four, five years ago or so, I was 100% the person that's like, eh, whatever, you know, it's just your, just a dog or cat. It's just an yeah, animal. It's just an animal. Who cares? Mm-hmm. And then? And then I got Bo. And, and now? my dog has become my best friend in this life on this planet. And I have moments where I'm, I think about things like that happening. Uh, truth be told, he's got a bump on his leg. I've had the vet look at and they don't think it's anything to worry about, but I'm still terrified of it. Um, and I'm, it's to the point I'm going to have them remove it next time. If he ever has to go under for anything. Um, but you know, I have 100% pulled a 180 in the last five years and I understand how hard it is to lose a pet. Um, well, I'm, I'm not going to say I understand it cause I, I don't, but I can't imagine how hard yeah. it is. It's and I literally this morning I was on just playing with Bo and just kind of grabbed hold of him and, you know, just thought like, hopefully knock on wood, they're supposed to live about 15 years. And I'm thinking like I'm getting to a third of his life if he's, you know, if he has a good, good long life. So it, it definitely makes me happier, you know, knowing that I'm, I'm a different person, but it also, you know, the pain that comes with it. So uh, I sincerely hope the best for, the situation I, and I, I completely understand your logic and rationale on how you want to proceed with, you know, Daenerys. And, and, and I think that is a, the best way of doing it personally. So thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't really have much to follow that up with. I've just been same old, same old, just mm-hmm. working working the bar on Friday nights and, you know, doing, doing my thing. I've been watching my neighbor's dogs who are chihuahuas and, oh, I haven't told you about this. So you'll, I I don't know how you'll feel. (laughs) Uh, Truth be told. uh, So my neighbor has three dogs, two chihuahuas and one, puppy that's a mutt i don't i don't remember what she is and the puppy bailey is lovely absolutely adore her played with her many times but my neighbors went on a trip and they took bailey with her so i'm left i've been watching the chihuahuas for going on like 10 or 11 days now and one of the chihuahuas is half blind and half deaf and just old and doesn't move much (laughs) and the other one is from a terrible situation and bites and barks and yaps and thinks she's a big dog that's aggressive, but she's not. She's a little dog that's aggressive. Um, so I'll put it in, in perspective. I went over to meet the Chihuahuas a couple days before they left, and I was petting Bailey, the puppy that I've met several times, and Gracie, the Chihuahua from the bad situation, just ran up and bit me, just like straight on the hand, bleeding. Like It took like both 
both the owners were in the room and it took every ounce of what I had not to just be like, I'm done. Yeah. You know, like, like get someone else. Yep. Uh, but trying to be nice and be a nice neighbor. Anyway. Now it's been 11 days. It's been 11 days and the dog at least takes treats from the grabber arm that they left. <laughs> so before she was biting it and attacking it when I would offer her treats. Uh, so I stand there and throw treats at them when I go over there. Um, but that at least gets her to shut up for a little bit. <laughs> um, it, I mean, it's so bad. I can literally be in the kitchen. They've like, they've like sectioned off half of their downstairs. It's a, it's a circle and I can be inside the section with them and she's fairly calm. I walk around outside of that area and she loses her freaking mind. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the story I was going to tell really quick, I freaked the fuck out the other day. Okay. So like I said, they've sectioned off their half of their downstairs. Mm-hmm. And originally there was just a vacuum holding one of the like baby gates that's keeping the chihuahua in. Well, I go in one day and take one step and I felt like a solid turd, not like a squished one, but like, like an old dried. Yeah. Like a fairly dry turd. And I was like, fuck. Okay. Whatever. Ends up. They had escaped. Gracie, I'm sure is the one that was the mastermind behind it. Crapped several times on the rug. Uh, so I took my shoe off after stepping in the first one because it didn't it didn't smush or anything. Tossed it. I might have told this story last week, did I? You told me this story. Okay, I don't know we if I told it on car. here. I don't think you said it okay. on Okay, anyway, they end up... I had one shoe on, and I end up stepping unknowingly in a very fresh <laughs> dog turd with the other shoe and track it around my neighbor's nice rug. So naturally I saw that I was like the fuck. So I had to clean all that up and that was fun anyway. So I fortified the, uh, jail. Yeah. yeah the baby gate <laughs> a little bit and went on my merry way, like pissed off and cussing and whatever. A couple days later, I knew immediately when I was unlocking the door, I could hear the barks and they were closer than they were supposed to be. Oh, she got out again. I have not heard this. Thing. Both of them got out and I walk in and boss the half blind half death one is just chilling on the couch like sup bro <laughs> and Gracie is just barking her little head off but she was smart enough to run back into where she's supposed to be poor boss he's just laying there he starts trembling oh, anytime I get near because he's because he's freaking old and terrified and Gracie works him up so I I pick him up and put him back and I like refortify this gate I put a so there's a vacuum blocking one side. There's a big, hefty, like a living room chair holding the other side against the wall. And then I put a dining chair in the middle. Like, <laughs> you're not fucking escaping. <laughs> right? You would think. No, 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 no. My fortifications this time have held strong. Okay. I have succeeded. I think it was the following day I was leaving. And Gracie has gotten to the point where she like, when I step over, Back into the living room, out of their little area. She comes charging around the corner like, yeah, bitch. What you going to do, bitch? <laughs> fuck you. Get out of my house. And I'm just like, I'm already leaving. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, I go out the front door, and she's come running around the corner. She's yapping her head off. 
and I'm sticking the key in. I think I had the deadbolt locked and I start hearing like yips, like, like the dog is hurting. Oh no. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? And so I like go back in and she's nowhere to be found. She had like run back around. Their crate is blocking the other way and boss is in the crate. She's in the crate. And I'm like, what the fuck? I have no idea what that dog did. I don't know if she rammed her head. I don't know if she got a paw stuck, I, a leg stuck. I don't know. My mom had a dog one time that got its leg stuck in a fence and broke it. <gasps> yeah. She had to put that dog down. Oh, um, yeah. So I don't know. And that's what I was thinking immediately. I was like, fuck, because she went in the crate and she really didn't move. And so I was just like terrified. But finally she started moving. I texted the owner. I was like, hey, look. I was leaving. The door was shut. I don't know what happened. I heard her start yipping. Um, I ran back in. She, you know, she had run off. So I don't know what the dog did. She seemed pretty normal since. But, yep. So I almost shit wow. my pants that that moment. And apparently somebody did shit their pants today. Um, side note: I was in Harris Teeter buying some uh, last minute esque gifts for a after Christmas, after New Year's Christmas party. And, um, yeah, I, I was walking oh, no. kind of near the front and I was like, <laughs> and I, I like stopped and checked my shoes. Like, <laughs> damn, did I step in dog shit earlier and just not, it just hit me now. And I was like, Oh, nothing. All right. Well, as I turn around and walking back, I get what I need. I'm walking back to the front and I'm like, Oh, they got their Christmas stuff. 75% off. You know, let me stop and check. And as I like walk over there, I see, <coughs> excuse me, like three members of the Harris Teeter team. They've got like the special powder out and mops <laughs> and whatnot. And I was like, it's like 10 feet in front of the bathroom. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh Jesus. That's a bad day. Oh, no. And I have 100% been that retail person that has to clean that shit uh. up. And that's disgusting. Um, I genuinely mm. feel bad for whoever shit themselves or had their colostomy bag break, but you know, I'm glad I didn't have to clean that one up. So wow, all right. Well, you definitely brought up the mood a little bit. So uh, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, well, I you know I I do what I can, I guess. <laughs> um, so I guess we'll go ahead and move on. We'll uh, check out what we're drinking this week. Opening the bottle. Um, and while Megan's pulling up her notes on the whiskey, full disclosure. 100%. I have already touched, I have already opened this bottle. Yes, he has. Um, there are a couple bottles. I've got, I have had a serious problem since we've done our uh, New Year's Eve. Or, end God damn. End, end of, end of, of year, year. Why do I keep calling it New Year's Eve? The end of year special. And I have bought, I have about 15 bottles in there that, uh, yeah, aren't open. And um, I've purchased within about oh, 10 days or so. Um, and some of them are hard to find things. Some of them are not. I've, I've sent, I've dove deep into the whiskey collecting. Um, so I found this at an ABC store and it was, it was, I'll admit I paid a little more than I should have for it just because I had a lot of, uh, reviews online say it was really good for the price. Um, I guess it's not as good when you paid $15 or 
twenty fifteen to twenty dollars more than you should have for it, but mm-hmm. you live and learn. Um, but anyway, so I couldn't wait. So I had it and I took it to trivia and shared it with some other friends. And this is the thing that I'm interested to see. All right. So go ahead and take it away, Megan. Uh, So we are drinking Henry McKenna aged 10 years. Uh, This is a Kentucky straight bourbon. Um, It's, Distilled at Heaven Hill Distillery, which is a huge distillery in Kentucky that brews for, or brews, uh, that distills for several, several different um, companies. And I couldn't find a whole lot on specifically Henry McKenna. Um, Well, I can tell you a little about Henry McKenna. Oh, well, okay. I know he's an Irish immigrant who adapted his family's whiskey recipe to work with grains he found in Kentucky. Um, And Henry McKenna is one of the longest-aged bottled-in-bond whiskeys available today, resting in the barrel through 40 Kentucky seasons. Yep, that would be 10 years, and that was pretty much everything I could tell you about Henry McKenna. Yep, that's about (laughs) all that I could find online. Um, Apparently, this has won a lot of competitions um, and there is some debate online on what is supposed to be like a $35 whiskey winning um, all these competitions. So they won best in show whiskey in 2019, um, best single barrel bourbon in 2019, um, best single barrel bourbon in 2021, best bourbon 2019. There's a lot, they've won a few different things. So um I mean, I'm looking forward to giving him a shot. I have never heard of this um, type of bourbon before, so we'll So see. I've been smelling this, and I've smelt it, you know, obviously when I had it the first time. Um, and this is the... I'm curious to see what... This is the first time I've ever been able to pick out one of these notes from the smell. I'm curious to see what you you think on that. So I'm going to let you go ahead and go first. Is that enough for you? I, I feel like I yeah. shorted you a little bit. But no, that's perfect okay. for a regular, All right. I figured a regular Sunday. I gave myself a hefty pour because you live here. I live here. Um, I, it smells very sweet. So I'm getting vanilla and caramel. Um, I definitely get, get and got those two. <laughs> And there, this Sorry. is this is a. I want to make this clear. This is a Henry McKenna single barrel, aged ten years, um, hundred proof. So it is a little bit hefty on the alcohol. It is strong. Um, I just coughed because I inhaled the vapors too far and choked myself. Burnt her nose hairs. Yeah, definitely burnt my nose hairs. So there is there is some burn your nose hair to it. I mean, I saw you sticking your nose completely in the glass yeah. over there, so I was like, let's see how this goes. <laughs> well, it, it went with me. Choking. So the, the, the note I got in this that I've never gotten before was orange. Okay. I, I definitely get an orange citrus in I... this, in addition to the caramel vanilla. I literally cannot smell anything besides caramel and vanilla. I cannot pick up any other. Okay. I can't. I feel like I should. 
like be able to pick up something else, but I cannot. That's all right. Let's dive in. See what uh, right. see what we're supposed to smell. We are supposed to be smelling vanilla, caramel, oak, and a light herbaceous note. Okay. According to their uh, I get, Heaven Hill Distillery website. I get orange out of this. As I said, um, it is definitely, definitely sweet. It's a bourbon, you know. It's gonna have that oaky, vanilla. So I just took my first sip, and wow, you can tell it's a hundred proof. It is a very strong, very heavy, very burny um, whiskey. Yes, it is. Um, I. It almost was so overpowering that I kind of just almost bypassed the flavors. So um, one thing I've noticed, um, because I have, in addition to gaining some new whiskeys, I have cracked open some old whiskeys that we have. Um, some that we may have donated to friends who like them a little more. Some that we I, I just flat out don't know what happened to the bottle. Maybe we bought airplane bottles. Um. Specifically, the Wild Turkey 101 and the uh, Maker's 46. This reminds me of Wild Turkey. Really? Yeah. So I, interestingly enough, had Wild Turkey last night. I've had this prior. Uh, I also had the Maker's 46. And one thing I noticed about all three of them, having them... A second time, because this was the second time I had the Henry McKenna. The first sip burned. After that, it was much smoother. So I get a lot of black pepper on that first sip. But after that, it goes away for the most part. For me. I 100% disagree. At least uh, I've taken probably three, four sips and the... The pepper, the burn has stayed just as strong as it was initially. Really? Because yeah. I just took my second sip and it only burned on the tip of my tongue. Nope, I'm getting full burn every single time I've tasted it. Wow. Um, I get very vanilla, woody, oaky, a little bit of corn, a little bit on the aftertaste, maybe a smidge buttery, buttered corn, perhaps. I'm, I'm getting um, vanilla. And definitely black pepper. Um, and then maybe some oak. Um, and that's that's about all I'm getting from this. It's a very, at the second, it's a very uncomfortable whiskey to drink. I don't know how I feel yet about this one. So, spoil, well, maybe not a spoiler alert. Behind the scenes. Earlier, uh, when we were about to walk in here and this is something I'm going to have to get better of because I will admit I am probably going to crack some of those bottles open. I almost said to Megan, I don't think you're going to like this one. And I had to catch myself. And so I had to play it off as I had changed something in this room. That's what you were doing. That's what I was doing. I've been looking around the entire time, like, what in the hell is different? This is my same headset. This is my same she mic. Was like, Everything is in the same she place. She was like, have I seen what's different? I was like, yeah, you've seen it because <laughs> you're the one that grabbed it out of the cabinet. But Oh, that was driving me nuts. I told I you I'd so tell you later. I'm not insane. 
So. Oh, no, you're not. I just uh, didn't want to spoil it. I wanted you to come to your own conclusion without, right. without biasing it. Well, uh, yeah, not biased. Not liking it so much a whole lot now. Uh, we're supposed to be tasting smooth oak, sharp spices, honey, and sweetness. Um, man, they are not kidding about those sharp spices. It kind of feels like I'm sucking on a razor blade. That is insane to me because I just took my third drink. The only spice I got was right on my lips. Always. The moment it touches my tongue, all the way down, I and then it starts to burn in here. Like I'm going to have to take some Tums or... Oh, the first sip was like pepsid. that. But then it... Oh, man. Mm-mm. That's insane. That uh, like That is insane. Well, then you may not like a lot of these. Uh, you get a lot of 100 proofs? Or more. There, uh, I've seen some that were like 130 plus proof. Jesus. All right. Well, we're going to find out. Hopefully so, it's just this I don't being know. A... I don't remember if I bought those or not. They just, they're just on the list. Right. I just, this doesn't feel like a bourbon to me. Actually. Oh, it tastes just like a bourbon to me. I feel like it's too spicy. It's not sweet enough, but what do I know? Well, uh, and that's going to vary with the proof of it, but I do remember I, I did buy 129 proof. I haven't tried that one yet. Take a picture before you try them so we can put them on the Instagram and not have them look half drunk. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't drink half of this one. No, but it was definitely opened. Yeah, well. So, take a picture. Hey, whiskey's meant to be enjoyed. That is true. I'm just not patient. <laughs> I have a... <laughs> Words to live by. I have a cabinet in there full of whiskey. It is seriously one thing in 2022 that I'm trying to do is... I want to get more into the whiskey culture. I want to try a lot more. I want to dive deeper. I don't want to pay more than retail for this shit. The people out there selling Blantons and Eagle <laughs> Rare and shit for like three or four times what it's worth. I, I'm not paying that. I'm not stupid. Fuck you guys. You know, to the people that are selling at MSRP, I actually had the opportunity to buy some Buffalo Trace for MSRP the other day and I kicking myself for not taking that chance but mine's almost gone oh well yep so um so we'll see what happens with that one we're gonna go ahead and move on and megan's gonna teach us something she's diving into her drink so anyway let's go it's time for the wonder segment Well, guys, I guess I have to start this differently than I'd originally written because originally I'd begun this wonder segment with Betty White will turn 100 years old on January 17th, 2022. Nearly a century has passed since Earth was blessed with our golden girl. Simply, everywhere I've read has stated that Betty is an enigma. She has been a force to be reckoned with and a pioneer in comedy and television. During a recent interview on December 30th, 2021, she said that her secret to living a long life is her cockeyed optimism, a lesson she learned from her mother and that has kept her young. She's lived her life as a rose glass optimist, and as she reaches her centennial birthday, maybe she's on to something. I'd began researching and writing this episode quite a while ago in celebration of Betty White's upcoming 100th birthday. 
I wanted our first episode of 2022 to be something that we led into the new year with America's sweetheart and a literal national treasure. And it still will be, but it's just going to be a bit more somber now as our last living golden girl has left us. Um, it, she passed away um, on Friday, December 31st. Um, and because I'd been doing research on Betty White, um, every week when I research, like, because Google is always listening and everywhere is always listening, I, like, will get, like, news alerts and stuff if anything happens about any of the topics I've done recently. Um, and on Friday, I looked down on my phone and I had an alert uh, from Google and it said that Betty White has died at 99. And... One, that's so incredibly heartbreaking. Um, I adored Betty White. I think like many uh, Americans and people around the world, um, she was she was supposed to outlive all of us, really. Um, and the fact that we lost her right before her 100th birthday really sucks. Um, so I, I decided to continue this wonder segment. Um, this is the only time I've actually told Tyler what my wonder segment would be beforehand. Um, and the reason why I told him beforehand is because I wanted to make sure it wouldn't be too taboo to immediately release a segment about her immediately after her death, knowing that this was written originally where she would still be alive. Um, and uh, both Tyler and Shelby said that this is more of an honor to her. Um, and so they convinced me to do this segment this week um, rather than putting it off. So we're going to learn today about Betty White. Um, and I, because I had written a lot of this when she was still alive, um, I had to go through and edit things that were in like present tense to past tense. I don't know if I got everything. So if I do jump around in tenses, uh, I am sorry for that. But uh, yeah, we're uh, going to continue on and see how this goes. I just want to jump in real quick. And one little note about it. Um, I, I'm a weirdo that likes to listen to talk radio in the morning. Uh, I do. And one of the guys on the morning show I listen to is notorious for cursing like if two sports teams are playing and he's like oh this team's gonna win easily the other team's gonna win doesn't matter whatever team he picks and it's lately it's carried over to other facets of life basically whenever he picks something to do well or to hit a goal or something like that it fails miserably did he say she was did he talk about betty he said they were they were talking about the party that they had planned for Betty White and he said she's all but got it wrapped up now I mean she's god willing she's gonna make it to January 17th and this was oh right before they went on Christmas break so December 22nd or 3rd mm. so anybody in the uh, Charlotte area if you listen to two guys named Chris you if you've listened for a long time you probably know about the Kelly curse and this is not the first person he has killed Jesus. He has, I say it like that, but he has, he was talking about somebody else that died in 2021, just two or three weeks before they died as well. Wow. So this guy has a real gift. (laughs) (laughs) 
I would say it's a real curse. Well, yeah, it's a real curse, but. <laughs> um, wow. All right. So he all but called it, essentially. I, I don't want to say he called it, but, you know, he was like, oh, she's basically made it to, to her 100th birthday, and lo and behold, the asshole cursed her. 17 days before her 100th. Uh, one little tidbit, one one final one. She shares her birthday with my dad. Oh, that's cool. Yep, they're both born on January 17th. Oh, well, that's you'll never forget the day of her birth. I shan't. Journalist Norman Cousins famously said, quote, Death is not the greatest loss in life. The greatest loss is what dies inside us while we live. End quote. With confidence, I can say that Betty White was a marvel from her first breath to her last. She never grew bitter and resentful with age. Journalist and biographer Ray Richmond wrote in his book, Betty White, A Hundred Remarkable Moments in an Extraordinary Life, quote, A throwback to a time, real or imagined, when manners genuinely mattered, White is also a walking time machine. Already in her mid-twenties when television first started rolling, she even produced shows before that role became part of the boys' club that would eventually run Hollywood. When it came to race, she was colorblind as a matter of course and not because it was trendy. She was accepting and inclusive of the LGBTQ community before that became fashionable, too. It's just the way the woman is wired. She could have allowed discriminatory practices or discriminated herself and blamed it on age and naivety. Naivety. Nativity. Naivety. <laughs> there you go. But instead, she quietly led with the modest eloquence of, of her example. This has been a hallmark of the Betty White brand dating to her first dance with fame in the late 1940s. She was effortlessly classy and charming without calling attention to it. The same went for her social awareness. It just flowed out from her naturally. End quote. And with that, let's continue forward and pay our respects to the icon. And even though your favorite drink was vodka, with lots and lots of lemon, we dedicate this episode of Whiskey and Wonder to you, Betty White. Cheers. Cheers. All right, moment of silence for Miss Betty White. So born Betty Marion White on January 17th, 1922 in Oak Park, Illinois, it wasn't long before her family moved to California, settling in Alhambra in 1923 when White was barely a year old. Her mother and father, Tess and Horace White respectfully, had one child and a menagerie of cats and dogs, which helped lead to White's lifelong passion for animals. They adored their daughter, nicknamed her Betts. From a young age, Betty White longed to be a forest ranger, but back in the days of her youth, women were not allowed to be forest rangers. Perhaps that was for the best, simply because if Betty could have, Betty would have been a ranger, and all our lives would be just a little bit sadder. It does piss me off that she couldn't follow her original dream, though, too. It's a bit of a conundrum. Throughout her life and in her many books, White would share anecdotes about her parents. For all intents and purposes, she had an idyllic upbringing. 
Her mom and dad were the right combination of friend, role model, and parent. The three of them would vacation in nature, backpacking and camping out in Yellowstone National Park or up in the High Sierra. Being born in 1922 made Betty an adolescent right smack dab in the middle of the Great Depression. Her father, an electrical engineer by trade, would make radios to sell to make extra money. But no one had money to spend on radios. So Horace had the brilliant idea of trading the radios for dogs. Yes, <laughs> dogs. In an interview, Betty White said, quote, The problem was nobody else had money to buy radios either. So dad would trade them for dogs. Well, the dogs ate and the radios didn't. So it wasn't the best business decision he ever made. End quote. That's exactly what I was thinking. That's just more mouths to feed. <laughs> His idea was that he wanted the dogs to have a better life than they'd had. In fact, her parents pretty much ran a de facto animal rescue. This passion was clearly genetic. As for her entire life, Betty White surrounded herself with animals and advocated for their rights. Their family was lucky enough to always have sufficient food throughout the Depression and her father's job kept a roof over their heads, even if the radios were a bust. The first time White had to perform in front of a group was in third grade to recite a poem in front of her class. She had terrible stage fright. Her throat closed and the paper shook in her hands. She barely made it through the recital. But oddly enough, at the same age, eight years old, she was on a radio program and enjoyed the experience but she wouldn't attempt anything in front of a crowd again until five years later. At 13, she took over production of the play at her Beverly Hills school. Seriously, took it over. She was the playwright, producer, and director. She named the production Land of the Rising Sun and designed it to be a traditional Japanese kabuki theater production. She gave herself the starring role and a few minor roles. So, yeah, she was pretty much the entire show. And this time, the stage fright was worth everything because of the adoration of the crowd. And that's what she lived for, the applause. Still, she was not sure that entertaining would be her future. She still strived to become a forest ranger, and failing that because of the patriarchy, she wanted to become a zookeeper. When she realized that being a female would still hold her back, she decided she'd be a writer instead. But in 1938, Betty White landed the lead role in her school's production of Pride and Prejudice. And that's when she solidified a desire for her name in lights. She'd be an actress. She took opera singing lessons and then was offered the opportunity to sing and perform in front of her whole graduating class and their families in 1939. During her performance, she was noticed by an entre entrepreneur interested in television. Earl C. Anthony owned a car dealership where he began his broadcasting adventure. He invited Betty and one of her classmates to come perform the operetta, The Merry Window. Sadly, there is no physical record of her first television performance. It lived only on in her memory and is now immortalized in her books. Betty White was very proud of being involved in the first television production on the West Coast, the real first being a broadcast of the World's Fair on the East Coast. The telecast could only travel six floors, down to where a handful of, a handful of people watched, but it was a success. 
and television would only grow from there. Except the bombing of Pearl Harbor happened on December 7, 1941, and Betty took a break from her entertainment career to join the American Women's Voluntary Services, or the AWVS. On top of her driving a truck around carrying supplies to various troops and gun encampments around California, she also hosted dances for the men about to be deployed overseas. She saw everything she did as an honor rather than an inconvenience, and she loved to help in any way that she could during such a crazy time. The war ended, and she was ready to perform again. Except talent scouts decided that Betty White didn't have the looks for the radio with pictures, which is absolutely insane. Not only was she a gorgeous elder, but she was also gorgeous as a young woman as well. Google pictures of her young. I have no idea how talent scouts scoffed at her beauty. So she paid $50 a month tuition to join a small theater group. Yes, she paid for the opportunity to act on stage. And $50 a month ain't cheap. No. Her talent made her a superstar. Fun fact, Betty had a photographic memory. That memory, with her talent and her optimism, would be known as the Betty White effect, where she impressed anyone who came into contact with her. It wasn't until 1947 that she would get a gig that would pay her instead of vice versa. Only $5 a paycheck, which was abysmal even in that day, it would be the equivalent of earning $62.32 a paycheck today. But still, she was getting paid. It was a start. That first gig, it was a commercial where she literally only had to say the name of a margarine brand, Parquet. But it was a foot in the door, and it got her into the union. Her first big break was on a television show called Hollywood on Television, HOT for short, where she and her co-host, A.J. Jarvis, would entertain for five and a half hours daily, six days a week. Damn. The entire show was live and 100% improvised. It performed a lot like Saturday Night Live, where they acted out different skits and joked about. After just three weeks, it was a hit. The show grew in popularity and began to have a continuous stream of celebrities dropping in to sing and join in on the skits telling you it was SNL before SNL. And Betty never let a sliver of her anxiety slip through. She worked brilliantly on the fly. She could interview, dance, sing, joke, and improvise entire concepts and stories, things that people had never done or seen before. And she was just being herself, she'd said, America's sweetheart. Reading her talk about her time on Hot is hysterical. Betty White says, quote, I mean, there was no scripting at all. Al would throw something at me, and I'd never know quite where he was going. But I'd try to read him, and it made it so exciting, because it was like playing an improv game every day, except it was going out live for the city to watch. He might hand me a typewritten note that said only getting into a carriage, getting out of a carriage, and I'd have to ad-lib and figure out what he had in mind. End quote. Sounds like something I know... Where you have to improvise and try to read one another. Yeah, that's very, very similar. Yeah. 
I wonder why. Uh, I don't know. The entire show was five and a half hours nonstop, totally nonstop, which meant that their sponsors would give them advertisements on the fly. In Ray Richmond's book, he tells a memory in both her words and his own. Quote, When we say they did five and a half hours daily nonstop, it really was nonstop. No breaks to run the ads. Those were done on the fly simply as part of the programming mix. If Al or Betty had to use the restroom, they would simply excuse themselves while their partner filled the time until they returned. White recalled that the most that the most commercials she would was ever obliged to do in a single day was 58. 58. And it wasn't like today where you just shove a cassette or a digital file in, she told Waldo. In those days, there was no cutting away. They'd hand you a piece of paper from offstage. They had just made the sale in the sales department and the ink wasn't dry yet. So while Al was talking, I'd be trying to glance down and see what the copy said and then try to ad-lib around the product. Of course, it worked better on some days than others. Betty recalled a day when a sponsor advertised a new product that made soap come out of a sink's faucet. But no matter how hard she tried, she could not think of the word faucet. Quote, so I said, and you press this and the soap comes out of your... Your, um, your, of your gizmo, end quote. (laughs) And the cameraman was laughing so hard that I saw water coming out of his nose and the tears were literally falling down his face. And that made us start laughing and laughing. And when you're live, there's nobody you can throw to it. Oh, there's nobody you can throw it to. We were it. That's hilarious. And I've interestingly enough heard something similar to that on that same morning show where they're like reading an advertisement and they, the advertisers come up with something like neck Vember or something like that, where they just completely lose like they (laughs) all you hear and nobody's talking. Everybody's just dying laughing. In 1951 Jarvis left the show and Eddie Albert joined as Betty's co-host for six months. When Albert left, White took over hot, completely alone. She also basically invented the television sitcom called Life with Elizabeth. The enemy, the Emmy, enemies, <laughs> not what I meant to say. The Emmys became a national event in 1950, and Betty White was one of the first people honored with an Emmy nomination in 1951. She became known as America's Sweetheart officially in 1954 when The Betty White Show hit the airwaves. It was basically the birth of the modern talk show, where she would have celebrity guests to interview and various segments where she or her guests would perform. This story has circled around social media for several years, but I wanted to include it here for anyone that might not have heard it. During the 50s, Jim Crow laws were still very valid were still very valid in the South, and the civil rights movement was in its infancy. She had her friend, a black tap dancer by the name of Arthur Duncan, come onto her show, and Southern station managers were pissed. They said they'd pull the Betty White show unless she dumped Duncan, and Betty White famously said, live with it, and Duncan would come back to her show again and again. In a day where it would have been easy to fold and cave, 
Betty never even considered it. That's the type of person she was. Color, gender, sexuality, nationality, and beliefs never mattered to Betty White. She dismissed discrimination in all forms and only valued talent and integrity. Author Duncan has said that it is thanks to Betty's support his career was so successful. Quote, that may not have happened had she not put me on her show, and she defended my staying on there. I've had a beautiful career because she started it for me. My visibility was all due to Betty. What I remember about during her show was the great sense of love for one another from everyone who worked there. She also had a great sense of humor. I'm telling you, she's as close to a perfect person as there is. End quote. The two reconnected in 2017 on a TV special called Little Big Shots, Young Forever. Betty was voted to become the mayor of Hollywood. It was an unpaid and unofficial position, but the ballot had celebrities from all the television stations. Anyone could vote and could vote any number of times. However, it cost a dime for each vote to count. The proceeds went to charity. Her fans made her the victor over all the other competitors. In 1957, Betty White joined another sitcom, this one called Date with the Angels, and it was filmed in the same studio as I Love Lucy. This led to her meeting Lucille Ball, and the two became incredibly close friends. A wonder segment on Lucy is something we should do in the future, come to think of it. Betty White ended up fighting against marriage. Her first two marriages were quick and ended even faster. But Alan Luden, the host of the game show Password, which White competed on many times, was smitten with Betty nearly from the start. He'd swore he'd win her over, and Betty equally told him that he wouldn't. She found Luden charming, but was not interested in being tied down. Alan became her constant shadow, attempting to court and woo her. I realize that this sounds creepy, but Betty really did enjoy him and was not turned off by his many advances. She just wanted to focus on her career. As a public service announcement, I will say, don't do this. Harassing someone constantly who keeps rebuffing you is not a good way to get in a relationship. It's actually really, really fucking awful. It happened to work for Betty White and Alan Luden. It won't work for you. Don't be a fucking creep. Anyway, Luden took to proposing to Betty constantly, so much so that he wore the rejected engagement ring on a chain around his neck. What finally convinced White to say yes was Luden sending her a stuffed animal bunny adorned with diamond earrings. The two married in Las Vegas on June 14, 1963. The only people in attendance were Betty's parents, the beloved Tess and Horace, a couple of photographers hired by the hotel, the judge officiating the ceremony, and a bellhop. She changed her name to Betty Marion White Luden, and that would be her legal and that would be her legal name, despite being known just as Betty White professionally. Betty White would host the Rose Parade for many years. And then she was asked to host the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1963, six days after JFK had been assassinated. Betty and her co-host, Lauren Green, 
had the incredibly difficult job of entertaining a broken country, and they were successful. Betty's home away from home, the Los Angeles Zoo, opened its doors in 1966. She became close friends with one of the elephants, Jita, and could be seen walking her about the park many mornings with a zookeeper. In fact, Betty began volunteering at the zoo in 1966, and she continued to do so ever. This is where I missed a tense. Um, She began volunteering for the zoo in 1966 and continued to do so the rest of her life. Betty lived to be an animal rights activist and spent countless hours and money contributing to nonprofit organizations for the betterment of all animals. January 17th would have been her 100th birthday, and I ask that in her honor, if you can, on January 17th, spare a few dollars and donate to an animal organization in Betty White's name. I plan on donating to the Morris Animal Foundation, a charity that funds veterinary research. White was a trustee for the Morris Foundation from 1971 onward, and in 2009, she was gifted the title of President Emerita. Emerita, in this context, means retired but still holds honorary position. Her and her husband founded the production company Albets Enterprises, a fun relationship name if you ask me, where they combined Alan and Betty Albets. One of the shows they produced was The Pet Set, a 30-minute show featuring celebrities and their pets, hosted, of course, by Betty White. The show, though it only ran for 39 episodes, was her absolute favorite. Quote, Pet Set had four segments. In the first, Betty would bring on that week's guest star and his or her pet to share stories about their animals, most often dogs. The focus shifted to a second segment on select species, while in segment three, an animal expert would join the discussion. The show concluded with White and sometimes her guest star visiting outdoors with a wild animal, such as a Bengal tiger, black bear, or Asian elephant. An animal behaviorist, Ralph Helfer, who coined the term and process of affection training. By the early 70s, Betty was worried that she was typecast as a game show contestant and a talk show host. She worried she wouldn't get another acting gig. But boy, was she wrong. She was hired to play Sue Ann Nivens on the Mary Tyler Moore show. Sadly, on June 9, 1981, Alan Luden passed away from stomach cancer. White elected to never remarry, and when asked why, she told Larry King, quote, Once you've had the best, who needs the rest? End quote. She's also been interviewed asking what she hopes to happen after she's dead. Oh, this is another place where I messed up. Sorry. I'm sorry. She has also been interviewed asking what she hopes to happen after she's died. I don't know how to fix this. Uh, anyway. <laughs> it's all right. Just plow through. Yep. She wished to be greeted by God at the pearly gates and have God tell her, come on in, Betty. Here's Alan. I hope her dream came true wherever she is. 
It was in 1985 that our girl became golden. It's not fair to say that playing the role of Rose Nyland, the sweet, albeit ditzy Minnesotan, was her biggest and most well-known accomplishment. I feel that for millennials, we could argue that it is. But she had done so many wonderful things that I can't in good conscience say this role was it for Miss White. I will say that I've watched every single episode of The Golden Girls numerous times and own the entire series on DVD. Is that like VHS nowadays? Like, do do people still have DVDs? Is that a thing? Um, no, probably not. <laughs> well, I own the entire series on DVD. <laughs> Impressive. <laughs> so for me personally, I fell in love with Betty portraying Rose. Surprisingly, Betty White was not originally offered the role of Rose. Instead, the casting director wanted her to play Blanche, and Rue McClanahan, who would actually play Blanche in the show, was offered Rose. For those of you tasteless swine that never watched Golden Girls, yo, looking probably at you, Tyler, yep, I'll give a brief explanation of the masterpiece. Oh, I know. Roughly, but for everybody listening. Okay, for anyone who doesn't know, I think Tyler's the only person in the world who never watched it, but just in case. The sitcom was about four either widowed or divorced women living their golden years together in Miami. It starred Rue McClanahan as Blanche Devereaux, the house owner who placed a bulletin in the grocery grocery store looking for roommates. Blanche is a widowed Southern belle who is, screamly, who is extremely flirtatious and sexual. She's beautiful and vain, but ends up being a wonderful friend. The author played Dorothy Bornick, the only DeForest A. Dorothy was south, sassy and intellectual. Her wit was sharp and dry. Estelle Gay played Sophia Petrillo, Dorothy's 80-year-old mother from Sicily. She moved in with the girls when her retirement home burnt down. And finally, Betty White, who played Rose Nyland. I mentioned that Rose was ditzy, naive, and often poked fun at for seemingly to not be intelligent. It's hard to picture Rue and Betty switching roles because they each performed so well. And whoever made the decision to switch the women really deserves an award. The Golden Girls ran from 1985 to 1992, and it sits amongst the classics of time. Both surprisingly and unsurprisingly, B. Author could not stand Betty White a lot of the time. For B, Betty was too optimistic, too peppy, and too annoying. Her eternal optimism grew tiring, but nonetheless, every day, Author would wait for all three girls to wrap up and then they'd go to lunch together. When B. Author died in 2009, Betty White said, quote, I knew it would hurt. I just didn't know it would hurt this much, end quote. Despite their differences, Betty, Rue, Estelle, and B. became family both on the screen and off. Betty White was among the first celebrities that earned a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame on Hollywood Boulevard. Though today, one has to pay to have the rights to a star. In Betty's time, 
it didn't cost her a thing, and she considered it a particular honor. She was even more touched in 1988 when her late husband was given a star posthumously. Luden's star is next to White's, immortalized together. The day his star was placed, Betty said, quote, I can hear his voice saying, I can't believe it. She continued to say, I cannot express what this means to me. Don't, don't be surprised if in the wee hours of the morning our stars are fooling around. <laughs> that was Betty White, unapologetically in love. Also, in 1988, she and the other Golden Girls got to perform live at the Royal Variety Performance in front of the Queen of England herself. Queen Elizabeth was said to be a huge fan of the sitcom and personally requested the four to be there. Here is an excerpt from Ray Richmond's book. Quote, It's also interesting to note that they chose material some of keep going okay it you sounded weird to you right yeah it did it sounded like it got real quiet yep okay just want to make sure uh sorry it also it's also interesting to note that they chose material some of which was original that was particularly risque dealing with sex and losing their virginity and handling the male organ properly they could have picked a thousand different routines but they decided to give Her Majesty, oh, that better, that better, you fixed it. Sorry. Quit bumping the mic. Sorry. <laughs> Life's hard. All right. All right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. They Sorry. just They decided to give Her Majesty a more lewd and crude time than she might have been expecting, and that was even after the aforementioned censorship. And the routines discussing her wedding night and a first sexual experience with her husband, Charlie, Rose asked, I mean, didn't you think it was a ridiculous thing to do at first? She later admitted that Charlie mixed up the marriage manual with the cow milking machine manual, further complicating man matters. And when Dorothy asked Blanche how long she'd waited to have sex again after her husband died, Sophia quipped until the paramedics came. The queen mother was seen in her royal box chuckling at the line with lusty glee and found to be thoroughly enjoying herself throughout the routine. End quote. The actresses had been instructed not to engage or speak with the queen unless she initiated it. And after their performance, the queen did come on stage to meet the girls. One of Betty's least known roles was the television series, Maybe This Time, a Disney TV comedy that aired in 1995. I literally only mention this because Betty White played the grandmother of Gracie, and Gracie was played by Ashley Johnson of D&D Critical Role fame. And you know all of her other acting and voice acting roles, but I gotta mention D&D when I see an opportunity. Moving on. Betty was inducted into the Television Academy Hall of Fame in October of 1995. And in 2004, Betty became friends with Coco, the famous gorilla who knew over 1,000 signs and understood over 2,000 spoken words. Coco named Betty Lipstick. Around the same time, Betty played in various television roles that cemented her as a grandmother grandmotherly figure with no censor 
and a knack for profanity. But it was the 2006 roast of William William Shatner hosted on Comedy Central that endeared Betty White to many younger, more modern fans that were not aware of the legend. Betty took the podium amongst the rest of the roast crew and played up her innocent looks. She even donned glasses. But then she opened her mouth and could run with the naughtiest and raunchiest of all of them. In fact, that sort of humor came rather naturally to Betty White. I highly encourage anyone interested to pull up the roast and listen to Betty's performance. It will have you in utter stitches. In 2009, Betty played the role Grandma Annie, or Gammy, in the romantic comedy The Reposal, which starred Sandra Bullock and a rather no-name Canadian named Ryan Reynolds. The Canadian had yet to truly hit his Hollywood fame and wouldn't be People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive until 2010. Of filming the movie, Betty White said, quote, I've been in the silly business for 61 years, and it may be the most fun I've had on one particular production, end quote. Betty and Ryan hit it off immediately and immensely. They filmed a very funny video for funnyordie.com in which Betty Wright refers to Reynolds as an actual assistant, calls him Brian, and flips him the bird. I don't want to give away the entire skit, so again, it is something I recommend you look up. Ever since, Ryan has referred to Betty as his ex-girlfriend, and White has quipped that Reynolds just can't get over her. Ryan Reynolds was such a huge Golden Girls fan that he has included merchandise and reference to them in each of his incredible Deadpool movies. He even paid a $10,000 royalty to be able to wear a B. Author shirt on film. But we aren't here to discuss Ryan Reynolds, so I digress. Betty White was an avid competitor and had a monthly poker group that met religiously every month for 40 years. It only ended with the COVID-19 pandemic. Betty White won the Lifetime Achievement Award from the Screen Actors Guild in 2010. And the 2010s continued and so did Betty. She'd star in a Super Bowl commercial for Snickers, Hilarious, and host Saturday Night Live, Hilarious Squared. It was in this era Betty White received her most treasured honor, and it did not come from the entertainment world. The U.S. Forest Service proclaimed that Betty White was an honorary forest ranger. Quote, During the ceremony at the Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts in Washington, D.C., the United States Forest Service Chief Tom Tidwell told Betty that despite the gender challenges posted by the USFS in the era before gender equality, she had managed to make a difference in conservation and animal welfare by using her celebrity for the betterment of the land. I am sorry you, ju- you couldn't join us before, Tidwell told White while honoring her. Judging from your illustrious career, you would have made marvelous contributions to our agency and to the cause of conservation across the United States. Betty, you are a role model for little girls, for all of us, to never give up on our dreams. End quote. Always an animal lover, when she was invited in 2014 to the Hollywood Animals Ranch in Santa Clarita, California, which provides the trained exotic animals for Hollywood movies, 
she jumped at the chance and kissed a grizzly bear clean on the mouth by feeding him marshmallows from her own lips. An honest-to-goodness grizzly bear. This woman has my heart. She won another Lifetime Achievement Award in 2015, this one awarded by the Emmys. Betty White lived her life to the fullest. She was ahead of her time and unapologetically herself. She was a phenomenal writer, and I encourage you to go read her numerous books. My favorite is If You Ask Me, and of course you won't. The entire damn novel is quotable. The entire damn novel is quotable anecdotes of her vast experiences, written after nearly 90 years on Earth. As I finish, my heart hurts. The legendary Betty White died on December 31st, 2021. 17 days before her 100th birthday on January 17th. And what does it say about a person's character and value when they can die at 99 years old and people still say it was too soon? I saw something like that similar online and it resonated with me because Betty had such a fulfilling, wonderful life. And when asked, she said that she had absolutely no regrets. I will strive to be just a little bit more like Betty White from now on because she really was the best of us. And again, this episode is dedicated to you, Betty White. Thank you for being a friend. Cheers. So while you drink, um, I'm going to make a confession. I'm going to get so much crap for this. I have literally seen Betty White in exactly one thing in my entire life. And that is when she was on the WWE when I was a teenage boy for like some WrestleMania, something or another. Um, so I knew almost absolutely nothing about Betty White. So you have taught me a lot today. Well, I'm glad I taught you a lot. I hope I taught a lot of people a lot and I, you need to at least go on YouTube and watch her uh, roast William Shatner. You know who William Shatner is? Yes, I know who William Shatner is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna disappoint you on another level. I don't really like the roasts. Oh I don't even know what to do with you, Tyler. <laughs> I just it it. Uh, well, I'm a weirdo. What can are. I say? Betty White is was uh, a hero. She's I'm a national treasure. I'm not disputing that. I'm just. I that I, my tidbit is that is the only thing I have ever seen her in. Wow! So, but she was fun enough to do wrestling in her mm-hmm. late eighties, early nineties. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty awesome. So, um, in the Snickers commercial uh, for the Super Bowl, she gets like bowled over into a mud pit. It's, I might remember that if I see it. It's but, hysterical. It was like in the Super I, Bowl, so I know enough about Betty White to know kind of, I know that she's America's sweetheart kind of thing, but that, you know, I knew she was in golden girls and um, Mary Tyler Moore show, but I've never seen either. So I didn't know anything about her early life. So that's, Mm -hmm. that was very informative. So I'm glad I also learned a lot about her early life that I was not aware of uh, researching this. And I read, um, numerous of her books uh, researching this as well. Um, It was very hard to 
not include a ton of like quotes and stories from them just because of how brilliantly they were written. But I wanted to keep those uh, as a surprise for anyone who goes on to read any of her books because she was brilliant. All right. Well, I guess on that note, we'll go ahead and move on. Trivia with Tyler. Uh, I want to take a second and apologize for Megan's mic getting a little quiet there. Yeah, I apparently hit it and knocked it loose. Yeah, the, my bad. The cable came loose, um, but that's all right. We'll, you know, pit stop under green. Yep. Um, so this week's trivia with Tyler. The idea for the McDonald's Happy Meal actually originated in Guatemala. It was created by manager Yolanda Fernandez de Cofino to simplify the menu for busy parents. It was later brought to the attention of the Chicago corporate office who developed it further and deployed it in the U.S. Nice. So. I hope she got a ton of fucking royalties for that. It's McDonald's. So probably not, <laughs> but I hope, um, the realist in me says no. Mail time. Would you like to read our first message of 2022 or I would you like me to want you to, because I'm actually trying to look up if she got royalties for the happy meal. <laughs> All right. Well. The first message of 2022 comes from friend Morgan, who, if you guys recall, was on episode, um, episode 50. That was when we did the Four Roses Small Batch Bourbon. Um, so where did her message go? There it is. All right. She says, hey, guys. What a great end of the year special. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing friend John and definitely second him coming back onto the show. You hear that, John? You, you got an audience now. Um, Morgan goes on to say, wishing you both a happy new year full of new and exciting episodes of whiskey and wonder, uh, full of whiskey and wondering cheers friend Morgan. Happy new years from Sonoma and Pompeii. And she included a picture of her, there are two dogs, Sonoma and Pompeii. And I've never met Sonoma. You've never met Sonoma? I have not. Oh, I said Mama, she was sweet. Sweet Pompeii. They, they're both laying in front of the Christmas tree with big smiles on their faces. So Aww. happy new year and Merry Christmas to you guys, Morgan and Daniel, and to everybody else out there. Yes. Thank so. you so much. Starting 2022 outright with some mailbag. Send so, us more emails, y'all. Yes. Please, please send us more emails. Um, we would love to have an email we could read every week, even if it's just a quick, like, bang, boom. Like, thing. Hey, how you doing thing? Yeah. yeah. So, um, we appreciate Morgan. appreciate you sending that. Um, and at this point, let's, let's, let's taste. Final thoughts. So, uh, you guys 
out there. Uh, we joked around a little bit during Megan's um, Megan's wonder segment about the reading body language and interpreting and kind of doing stuff on the fly. So there were multiple times where I butted in to try and allow Megan the opportunity <laughs> to drink. Yep. Then I was like, no. And yeah. she just vehemently, I could see it in her eyes. She was like, uh, no, I'm not <laughs> drinking this. So I'm going to take a guess and say, number one, Megan doesn't like this one. It's <laughs> a pretty good guess. Um, I don't know how you deduce that. So I just want to say I dipped back into the bottle. I did put two drops of water uh, in it this time, mainly because I finished it without realizing I forgot to do the water. So they get better with water. I don't know how to answer that because oh. I really liked it without the water. Mm, mm, I, I mm. really like it. Period. Frankly. Well, so, all right. um, spoiler alert, I guess. So I'm going to go ahead and jump on in here right. and give my rating because I really liked it. I, 100% would dive back into this, obviously, since I had had it before. And I mean, I, I, I'm not going to have something I don't like and not feature it on the podcast. It's your dad. Um, but this is... Uh, it's not going to happen two years in a row. I guarantee it because Megan is not going to let this. Uh, <laughs> it's not going to be the first whiskey of the year, but so far, this is the whiskey of the year for me. <laughs> Gross. Uh, with that being said, I'm probably going to rate it a solid eight. Dear God, an eight? My friend, this I, does not deserve an eight. I told you, it's not burning for me at all. You gotta, you gotta up every your proof. second. Every second has burnt. You gotta up your proof. Like man. I'm gonna have to go home and like eat an entire like bottle of Tums. Like, so, well, like fuck, taking two. I'm gonna like take ten. So here's something I also noticed, and this is, <clears throat> I would like to revisit this in the future. Mm-hmm. Episode twenty two, we did Wild Turkey one hundred and one as recommended or by requested mama. by your mother. Mama Leona. Mama Leona. If you're listening, I wanna I wanna clarify this and I wanna reevaluate that because I had Wild Turkey 101 last night. Uh, I went out and got it specifically to try that and Maker's Mark 46. I wanted to retry them both. I did not have the bottle. I don't know if Megan took it home each time or if we gave it to a friend that did like it. Um, I believe that is what we did. So a matter of fact, I believe Maker's 46 was a request by Shelby's dad, John the 4th, so. and I believe we let him enjoy that when he was in town. Um, but anyway, I rated Wild Turkey 101 a three and a half, and you rated it a four. I would like to revisit because I am going through some changes with my bourbons, um, and I'm starting to like the higher proofs better. So... Last night's wild turkey was much higher than a three and a half. It was more in the five and a half to six range. So with that being said, I think it's interesting that tastes change over time. It certainly is. Uh, I have definitely made a commitment to try things that I don't necessarily. Um, like. Not that I don't necessarily like that. I just wouldn't necessarily try. Uh, like I said, part of me has kind of gotten into the world of burb- of whiskey collecting. Mm-hmm. And 
I've been reading a lot online about a lot of these things. I mean, we were talking about this Henry McKenna 10-year single barrel. I mean, it won, you know, best in festival. Yeah, in or, several. You know, in several. Awards. Like, like this is not, I would look at this and say, oh, this is, you know, 100 proof. I'm probably not going to like that. And yet here I am. I'm giving it an eight. So I I'm, wonder... I'm branching out. I wonder if 2022 is going to be the year where our ra- our ratings really start separating. I'm interested because we've been doing this now for, 60 episodes. Yeah, for, for the most part, we are pretty similar. We yep. have been. Yep. Uh, it's been few and far between where we've been drastically um, apart like we will be today because this is a two mm. for me. Um, I do you, not want this again. Heart. I don't want it as a whiskey sour. I don't want to mix it. I don't like Good. This. You you keep it. Good. Take it. Don't give it to me. Again. This is mine. Good. Don't you don't. give it to the end of year special either. Oh, well, we'll see what's going on there because now I know some things to hunt that are supposed to be really good. So, and supposedly I may or may not have some. Um, I I'm actually, hoping that it was just this whiskey that was gross. Out of everything that I've purchased... So far, this is supposed to have been the most widely popular. Yeah, but I don't always agree with most what. Yeah, of course, I, I get that. Popular, so I don't. I don't know. I get that, but I'm just giving you the general statistics. So. Well, we definitely can't only do like a hundred plus proofs from now on. No, of course. I mean, I'll be sad. Uh, I'm collecting for me. We're gonna do the ones I buy, but you're. Just as free to go to the ABC store and get whatever, you know, so. Obviously. And uh, we also need to discuss the Flaviar stuff. Yes, we do. uh, Off air, so. But I do want to let y'all know we got about 15 solid weeks of bourbon. And if I get deeper into collecting. Is it all bourbon? Oh, I'm sorry. I keep saying bourbon. It's whiskey. There's some scotches. There's some Irish. Okay. I was like, dear uh, fucking God. (laughs) I actually even got gifted Crown Royal. We got Christmas. a Canadian. Yeah, my dad said he was, weirdly enough, sneaking through my house, browsing at my whiskey collection. He's like, I got you the best. Oh, bless his heart. Now, in fairness, we have done Crown before on the 4th of July special this year. And Last we year. did, yeah, I'm sorry, 2021. And we did rank it the highest of the five we did. We did. So... That's the only reason it's going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But there is, uh, you know, uh, we'll see what happens. But yeah, I've got 15 weeks worth settled, saddled up right now. So, yeah, I got a few that we need to try as well. So, yep, going into 2022, pretty darn strong. Absolutely. So I guess on that note, guys, we're sitting here over an hour and a half at this point. So we'll... Stop gnawing your ear off and get on with life. We hope we've brought you a little bit of joy on your first Monday of 2022. Yes. Uh, remember, is this the first Monday? Yes, it is. This is It'll be the January first 3rd. Yeah. First so just remember that starting on next week's episode, that will be the episode that would normally come out on the 10th. We will, it will come out on the 13th unless you are a Patreon subscriber. So go ahead and if you want it on Monday morning, go ahead and head on over to Patreon. Get it uh, 
subscribe to that $5 tier and we'll get it to you early. But other than that, we're going to get on out of here. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Uh, thanks for sticking around with us for 60 episodes and hopefully sticking around with us for many more. Um, Tyler and I both want uh, 2022 to be a big year for the podcast. So I look forward to what this year is going to um, do for Whiskey and Wonder and for all of us. Um, please take the time to uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all the things um, that will help us grow on the charts so we get some more uh, visibility, some more recognition. Um, that's what we need really above all else is just to get seen. So every yep. little bit you can do helps. Um, that being said, guys, I thank you so much, and uh, we look forward to seeing you next week. Tyler, is there anything you want to add? Um, yep, there's one tiny little thing. I said that you asked if it was all bourbons, and I said Irish and Scotch. There's also a couple of ryes. Hey, We're there all you over go. The and a, one Canadian. Actually, maybe there's two Canadians. I don't remember. Anyway. Anyway. That's it. Those Canadians. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a happy new year. Um, hopefully this year is better than the last. And we will see you next week. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Nasty. No, it's not. <laughs>